Hey, Build listeners, this is Maggie. I know we're always talking in products about how to do more discovery, how to talk to more customers, how to be more customer-centric, but I know it's also hard to find specific examples of what that actually looks like. So I decided to go straight to the source and talk to one of my customers live on the show. I chat with Rob Stevenson, who's the product growth leader at Keep. We've been working really closely together for the past six months, maybe even a year now, and we get into what it takes to build a partnership with a customer, how not to ask for feedback, and what it really means to build with your customers in mind. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Rob. All right, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've heard so much about the show. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So we're at Hypergrowth. We just publicly announced the product that you have been working with us on since April. And since April, since I think November. So. Since it was November? November was, uh, so Elias told a funny story about how I had a great idea <laughs> and I told him my great idea and he was like, that's a terrible idea. Right. Okay. And I said, okay, do you have anything better? And he was like, well, and so I pressured him into hell letting us partner. But I was, uh, yeah, it was the first week in December. Wow. I don't know where the time has gone. <laughs> I know. But I want to know, since we're talking mostly about products, what has it been like for you to work with a product team so closely for that long? And like, what have you gotten out of that experience? Oh, I, it's funny. You know, I'm unique in the sense that I come from a SaaS product background. So mm-hmm. at work, my day every day is working with a product team, building a great product so we can surprise and delight our customers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully less surprise and more delight. But <laughs> so I'm very, very in tune with what it takes to make a great product. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first exposure with the giant otter team, with Sarah and um, with Jeff, and then with yourself was mm-hmm. like, Here's what we're hoping to accomplish. Here's what we're going to need from you. The expectations were so clearly laid out. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need. Here's what we're going to do as a result of those things that you give us. Here's your first deliverable. Let's go. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. It, the light bulb went off. It's like, I need. And so that actually changes how we approach working with our customers now on my team. Mm-hmm. What do we need from our customers? What feedback? What mm-hmm. inputs? And then what are we going to deliver as a result? And it feels like the easiest thing in the world, but all the product management training, all the project management training, no one ever tells you this stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's common sense. Well, I think there's a lot of fear too, because when you sit down with a customer or maybe have a podcast with the customer, there's this like, you can't control what the customer's going to ask for. Mm-hmm. And you have to be prepared, I think, to respond to any question. Because even if I came to you and I said, hey, we're working on drift automation, you could say, that's nice, but I want to ask about the Salesforce integration, or I have this other idea and I have to be willing, ready, able to talk to you about that or yeah. say no or Absolutely. deflect. When you approach a conversation and a PM says no, I'm assuming your world doesn't end. You're exactly right. There's been more than one instance where you and I have come yeah. with my <laughs> next great idea. And I apparently I have this history now of maybe my great ideas aren't so great. But there's I mean, such the time a- I'm like, um, I actually don't know anything about what you're talking about. I need 24 hours and I'll go find someone and then maybe I'll put you in touch with them. <laughs> there's a, there's the diplomacy involved, but it's also an honesty and a transparency. That is, mm-hmm. um, again, it shouldn't be unique. It shouldn't be unexpected. It should be, I'm going to lead with this. You're going to ask for this. Here's our product roadmap. Here, let's look at it. Let's mm-hmm. look at what your integration is inside that product roadmap. Okay, yep. you're over here. You're two degrees to the left and you're a whole product tree away from us. So yes, we're going to get to it. But what are we going to reprioritize to make that happen? And if that's the critical business need, mm-hmm. is it repeatable? Is it scalable? Because I love you, Rob, but you're not our only customer. We have 150,000 right. customers. So how do we do this in a way that allows us to better understand, you know, how can we make sure that this is not wasted product effort? And that's something that we've learned inside our shop. Mm-hmm. Is there's so much time wasted chasing rabbits down different holes and different things because Oh, anecdotally, this one customer told me X, and uh, 
that's not empirical enough for us to be right. really shifting gears. Yeah, and I think what helped us when we started working with you was we had actually already gone through an exercise to define who are our customers that like our ideal customer profile that we care most about. And luckily you fit right into that profile. So it's really easy for me to say, oh, Rob was talking about this thing. He has this need. He's asking these questions. That made it easy for me to say, actually, this is something that we could think about building because you fit right in that yeah. profile. But I'm assuming you've worked with vendors where you don't. And you have a question in there they have to say in some sense like that's actually not on our roadmap because you're not the customer 100 percent. so um the guilty shall remain nameless but i've worked with <laughs> large multinational crm companies that specialize in working with large heavy hitters mm -hmm. uh, and not that we are but um right. it's i had a meeting with a project manager uh with actually a sales account manager so the person who is probably most invested in me buying more things mm -hmm. and i said i need product x and here's my current band-aid solution help me find this and mm -hmm. took three meetings to get them locked in it was a webex and the outcome was i'm not sure that's something we can help you with no hey yes and and again it's like improv comedy good project management is like improv comedy yes and Yes, we can do this, and as a result, we're going to have to do X or Y right. or reprioritize. Or yes, and what if we took what you're thinking about and figured out a way that makes it beneficial for multiple or other customers? Yeah, but I think there also has to be that, like you mentioned, transparency and honesty. If you were to come to us and have a feature request or an idea, and we would say, yes, and you know, here's a shiny thing over here, mm -hmm. it would be disingenuous if we weren't thinking about what you actually needed for your business. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah so I think yeah. that's like that's the underlying way. like trust level that you have to build with a customer that you're working closely with so they can understand that you're thinking about them, you're thinking about their business. You mm -hmm. understand, like, we have to understand what you need for your business to figure out what to build. Completely. When I say yes and, the answer could be yes and it's going to have to wait. Right. Or yes and we've prioritized mm -hmm. six other things because you said mm -hmm. they're critically important. Now, I mean, when everything's special, nothing is. So mm -hmm. sit down here, help us understand how we can uh, build a product that's going to be most impactful to your business. And if your goals are changing, which, mm -hmm. I mean, we're a very nimble company. We're very small in the sense that we're probably the biggest small company in the world. Uh, our needs of our customers are constantly changing and we're mm -hmm. evolving to meet those needs. So as a result, how can we establish a product roadmap that sees not just the six week need, but the three month need and the nine month mm -hmm. need, and then, you know, iterating for yeah. years down the road. Right. But then I think also understanding that, especially at early stage startups like Drift, I mean, Keep has been around for 18 years. 18 years. years right. Yeah. We've been around for four. Mm -hmm. So for even for us predicting, even last yeah. November, December, predicting where we'd be today is like, yeah, kind of crazy. <laughs> so there is an aspect of, we can't talk in features, we have to talk in like, outcomes or something because we can't really say well we're definitely going to have that thing for you well and that's how this whole drift automation iterated you know the, the best part about chat was that we were engaging customers um in a very conversational human-like way mm -hmm. the worst part about chat was that when i handed it off to my humans my conversion rates just fell into the toilet right because there's chat concurrency issues and sdr can only really effectively handle two chats at a time because they're mm -hmm. also working phone calls and pipeline and they got an email from their wife that their kid is sick right. and their dog puked on the floor <laughs> before they came to work life happens so um how can you automate something that makes that experience still conversational but yeah, more impactful and, if you had said to me last July or, or August when we started working together, hey, here's what we're thinking about. I mean, I don't think I would have been able to fully grasp right. drift automation. But 
you didn't. You came to me and said, we're going to improve the way that you talk to customers on scale. Mm -hmm. That I can wrap my little head around. That I can understand. Right. That I can then motivate and move forward. Right. So, like, our team figured out a way to speak to you in a language that resonated with what you needed and, like, met your needs really well. Yeah, and I don't think you're giving your team enough credit. I work with a lot of vendors on a lot of different things. I'm a customer to a lot of different people, which is both good and bad. There's a very different way that the Drift team iterates and is responsive and is honest and transparent. I mean, there's a lot of other vendors that I have the pleasure of working with that uh, keep me in their lane as opposed to, you know, figuring out where the road is going. And, and that's something very specific to a product roadmap. Hey, here's my product roadmap. Here's where we're going. As opposed to Drift, it's like, where are we going? And mm -hmm. let's build the bestest, fastest mm -hmm. road to get us to yeah. that spot. So does your product team use a product roadmap? Uh, absolutely, we do. Our product team is outstanding. We have developed a, a really cool product, which has withstood the test of time for 18 mm -hmm. years. And as we're expanding our market share and, and looking to go into new markets, we've built two additional products and a third one's on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the learning curve and the iteration of those products has been months not years i mean the cycles are our sprint cycles are weeks now and awesome. we're pushing out major products and changing the way we do business which is fascinating i mean yeah. it's a really different way of, of doing it and that's made me i think a better partner right. when working with and, and again i don't think customer is the right word to describe our relationship specifically yeah we're partners Definitely. Uh, i come to you and i'm like hey what about this and you're like well, I don't know, let me find the right person. Mm -hmm. You come to me, hey, what about that? Oh my God, I hadn't even thought I needed that, but how right. can I figure out how to use that? And again, now we're pushing what Drift can do inside our ecosystem to expand beyond just sales and marketing. Yeah. That's not what it was made for, but can we do it in an efficacious manner? Absolutely. When I think what's interesting is two things. One, I think product people forget that their customers also have product people that they work with. Like everyone, especially if you're in B2B, or even if you're not a B2B, even if you're doing B2C, the person you're selling to probably has a job, they probably have a product team. Mm -hmm. They understand the constraints, they understand making promises to customers is scary, whatever. So I think customers have a lot more empathy than people think that they do yeah. for saying no or giving context or explaining stuff. But then two, also, I forgot my other point. I, I love your point about the B2B <laughs> buyer cycle though yeah. and how people are integrating with that. It's so different. Yeah. Um, I mean, the B2B buying cycle has shortened so immensely now that it's mm -hmm. literally, I mean, our sales cycle used to be 28 days, 30, mm -hmm. 38 days. Mm -hmm. Now when chat's involved, our sales cycle is less than 10 from right. start to finish. So I don't think it's really that different building products in B2B than B2C. No, it's not anymore. It's easier to talk not to your customers. Anymore. Yeah. Oh, oh, I remembered my second point. I want to understand how can other product people find customers like you? Because you kind of appeared in our office and we were like, <laughs> I want this thing. And Elias ran out of the room. Yeah. He was high-fiving everyone and we were super excited. Yeah. But I would imagine it's not quite as obvious that there's like, here's an amazing customer we, you should go talk to and work with. So what's your advice to product people when they're like, okay, I need to go find a Rob for me to partner with? I mean, that's a tough question, specifically for me to answer. I mean, realistically, when I look for customers that I want to work with, it's, mm -hmm. it's can we find common ground? Mm -hmm. Can I invest myself in understanding what you're trying to accomplish and as a result can I accomplish it with you I am sick and tired of a world where you beat up on your vendors and you beat the crap out of your vendors to try and save five dollars or oh it's contract review time I want the same thing I had last 10 percent like mm -hmm. I'm sick of that relationship it's it's yeah. gotta stop and until that stops you're gonna have these relationships that are based on conflict 
that are based on, oh my God, I don't want to answer this call. It's November. This company's calling. I know they're going to cancel. I know I, I don't want those relationships. I don't think they're productive. I don't think anyone accomplishes anything. If you're going to go into a contract, but make sure they're the right partner, do your homework, do your vetting, do your reporting. Know what you're trying to accomplish in ways that you can explain so I can explain to the product manager working beside me so I can completely help a marketing intern on their first day building a playbook, help them understand so I can go to the CRO and help him understand how it all fits together. And that's on individual product people. Yeah. And I think you're going to start to see that come back. There's going to be a renaissance as the, the B2B SaaS market continues to expand. There's 30,000. I mean, learn that this morning. There's 30,000 different pieces of software out there yeah. that are all angling for our business. The cream's going to rise to the top, and the cream is based 100% on the product team. Definitely. Yeah, and I think that makes the PM job, I think, really interesting, really exciting, but also it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy to be a bad PM. It's hard to be a really good PM, and I think being a really good PM, part of that is being able to identify how to build partnerships with customers, how to figure out how to have someone you can go to and say, hey, we just have this crazy idea. Yeah. Like, look at this screenshot, right? Like, I can slap you and be like, hey, we just did this design. What yeah. do you think? And you exactly. Can be like, I don't understand this at all. Or you can flip something on beta and I'll take a look at it and give yeah. you honest feedback. Like, yeah. I like this, I like that. I think, too, I'm really fortunate in the sense that my marketing team gets it. Yeah. Uh, they really yeah. understand. And we also have a really good product that I'm really proud of and mm-hmm. I'm really confident going to the market with. And that kind of makes us a SaaS unicorn because there's so many people who are like, oh my God, we're selling an idea, but the product's not there. We got a 70% churn rate or yep. we've got this really good product, but I don't know how to get it to more people. So when you find a, a relationship with that, and I think that's where the team at Drift from a sales and marketing perspective comes in because they work to help us expand and then they're building a network. I've met 25, 30 people here today and yeah. had long form meaningful conversations about stuff that if I'm sitting at my desk in Phoenix, I'm not having. So mm-hmm. that's super interesting to me as well. I'm not a big networking guy. I'm not the guy that's, you know, I'm not the sales guy back slapping and then none of that, yeah. but having <laughs> I mean, meaningful I... conversations with people yeah. who get it and helping them get it and helping yeah. me get it that I never even thought For possible. Sure. Well, I think from a product side, when we, when I first met you, I remember Something actually Lee said on stage today when he mentioned you had these amazing dashboards and you had like pieced together how our product was impacting your business and you knew exactly what all the leverage points were. And for me, that was a trigger to be like, this person understands what we're doing and they want to push it further. And this is the right kind of customer to go to like actually spend time with because there's tons of customers who are want to give you feature requests, they want to talk to you and they want to, you know, they have all sorts of things they want to talk about. And sometimes it's like, that's not really what I'm trying to think about. I want to think about what's next. And I think that's a good way to identify those people are the people who are have already pieced it together. They're ready to kind of push it further. And I mean, as people start in their PM careers where they're working with products and stuff, I think it's super important that you know what you're trying to accomplish. If we bring Drift in and Drift is ultimately successful, the company wins. But again, we're focused from our perspective at Keep, we're focused on 100% customer success. Mm-hmm. And that means from the minute you become a suspect on our website to the time we've converted you into a prospect, giving you meaningful information, to opportunity to closed one, and then beyond closed one into user, and then mm-hmm. beyond user into promoter. That is one journey. Mm-hmm. And figuring out that one journey and the touch points on that journey and making sure that we're loving you and hugging you and telling you you're pretty and doing all the things that we need to do to keep you engaged and, yep. and help you along there, that's so critical. So. If Drift is the right tool and I can be successful using the tool, not only am I successful, but Keep is successful and so is the customer. And then, so to me, it's like, well, this is blindingly obvious. I want to pick a great partner that I want to work with and I want to do cool stuff and here's how we're going to do it. And again, it goes back to that common sense no brainer, but 
you know, common sense isn't that common sometimes. Yeah, I think this is a phrase I learned from DC, which is simple, not easy. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I mean, I don't like that phrase. I hear this one too. <laughs> fail, fail fast. Uh-huh. I mean, I get it, and I understand that the native iteration to like push, 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 mm-hmm. and then reclaim. But if you have a great partner, maybe you can succeed fast as well. Maybe you can push something good out. Hey, that's great. And it's yeah. not going to fail because I know what we're doing and we know we're trying to do it. I mean, yeah. I completely understand that nature, but if it's I... It's more like learn fast. Yeah, but yeah. I, you're familiar, it's the whole yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know that if we push out a product mm-hmm. and we push out a new iteration and it's buggy and we push it out quickly, no one's high-fiving how quick we got those no. bugs into the market. No, it's not good. <laughs> it's just not yeah. Well, and I think that's why having customers that you can partner with is so important because not only should we be talking to customers more than pretty much any PM does, but you should be able to go to that customer and say, can you take this for a test drive? It's going to have bugs. Yeah. Not yeah. like, hey, it might be a little rough. It's like, no, no, no. There's for sure going to be a bug that mm-hmm. we haven't found. But generally speaking, is this what you wanted? What would work? Is this going to happen for you? Can we turn it on for an hour? What I really struggle with, too, is people who ask for closed-ended feedback. Did you like this more or did you like that? Well, okay. let's go the other way. Tell me what you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Tell me what we broke. Tell me what you wish you could have. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me what your outcomes are. And so often in product feedback, it's like, welcome to your contacts dashboard. Would you like <laughs> to learn how to add contacts? Well, I mean, uh, product should be so iterative that I would have to trip over myself and hit my head three times to not understand how to upload my contacts. Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about recently is that especially as our product team grows and the PMs are focusing more on, they're not even really small, but like more defined areas and there are not as many of us who are just looking at everything. When they go to get feedback from a customer, not saying like, you can't ignore anything else you hear and only focus in on your one slice because to the customer, it's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like getting that feedback on maybe one UI is interesting, but you have to think about the entire experience like you're talking about because you don't really care just what this page looks like. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter to you. What matters to you is like what you're gonna do with it. So when a PM comes, it's like, does this look nice? And you can be like, yes, but that doesn't mean it's gonna work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, in the SaaS marketplace, your goal is to get to four key activities as quickly as possible. If you've gotten to that fourth level, then people are embedded in the success of the product. They know what they wanted to accomplish. And so, I mean, intuitively, how can you get there more quickly? And the less questions you have to ask and the more feedback that you're open to soliciting, the Mm -hmm. better. I mean, if I'm asking as a product manager questions, that's not as valuable as actually listening to the feedback that you get unsolicited because it's going to be more random, but it's going to have new kernels of truth that you can uncover. Yeah. Okay. So what's your advice having worked with many different PMs in many companies, your own and otherwise, like if a PM were to come to you and ask a question, like what's your advice on how to get the most feedback out of you? That's a good question. Um, realistically, I mean, it's just coming to a consensus on what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we hoping to accomplish with this next iteration, with this next thing? I mean, we've talked about reporting and different dashboards and different elements, but what's the goal? My goal I was is clarity. waiting for the feature request. But it's about clarity, <laughs> right? It's about understanding yeah. what we're asking for and why we're asking for it, and then getting to the root cause, and then figuring out from a root cause perspective, let's work backwards about what tools can we assemble and put into place. Everything you work on from a PM perspective has to be repeatable, scalable. I can solve one customer's problem one time. That's great. What about the 149,000 other customers that you have? Are you going to solve their problems one at a time? It's just not feasible. So mm-hmm. how do you build something that's giving you that concrete feedback or how do you take that concrete feedback and turn it into something tangible that offers you a repeatable scalable opportunity that's the magic well and that's i mean again it comes down to uh, 
it's like a perfect storm, right? Yeah. You've got to have, you have to be dedicated to your customer success, but that customer success has to be completely in line with yours as well. Yeah. And I mean, when those two things come together, it's magic. That's true. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. This has been so much fun. Hyper yeah. Growth has been amazing, but uh, I've been looking forward to yeah. chatting with you for a long in time. In this very large, hot green box <laughs> that we're sitting in. Very large. <laughs> or small, sorry. It's, it's a, a very small, small hot, hot box. Green box. Which is, <laughs> but it's fun. Great. Everyone give Rob six-star reviews. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Yeah.